Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Father, thank you again. I ask you to help me. Let the words of my heart and the meditation of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, you are my redeemer. You are my strength. I can't do this without you. We can't do this life without you. So we invite you in to this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're kicking off a new series today. New series, uh, Spirit Laid on Pastor Don's Heart, called Free Indeed. And when we were talking about this series, Pastor Don said, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that people need freedom. And I believe that we all have something that God, first of all, has freed us from. And then we all have something probably still in our lives that we're still needing God to free us of now. In fact, I don't think that freedom is just a one-time thing that happens. Yeah, we get free when we accept Christ into our, our heart as our Lord and our Savior. Salvation happens and we're free then. But I feel like freedom is like The freedom, the true freedom that God wants us to experience in our life is something that happens on a day-to-day basis. It's something that we have to constantly pursue. We have to constantly pursue freedom in our lives. We have to constantly pursue freedom in our minds. We have to constantly pursue freedom in our hearts. We have to constantly pursue freedom. So my question for you today is what has God set you free from? What has the Son set you free from? We've all been set free from something. What has he set you free from? In John chapter 8, and we're going to read verse 36 in a moment, but I wanted to, as I was preparing for this message, I read up a couple verses, and I want to read verse 34 and 35 to you guys. I didn't give you this. But John chapter 8, verse 34 says, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And then he goes on to say in verse 35, he says, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. See, when we accepted Christ, we were no longer a slave to sin. We were no longer controlled by sin. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't sin. It means that we're no longer controlled by the power of sin. Now, when you accept Christ, I know some of us would like to believe that the things that we used to do, we just, we're never going to do ever again. And, and, and thank God that sometimes that does happen. But the truth of the matter and the reality is, is sometimes the things that I did prior to saying yes to Jesus, I still find myself doing today. If we be real with ourselves, can we be real today? I, I'm, y'all know me. I'm just, I'm not going to be fake. I just... The reality is, is we still need freedom. We still need God to help us to make it through. We still need God to help us to say no to some things that our body wants to say yes to, that our flesh wants to say yes to. In fact, Paul said it like this. He said, the good that I want to do, sometimes I don't do. The things that I don't want to do is the things that I almost find myself doing. It's a constant battle of pursuing God's heart to find freedom. 
But here's the encouragement that Jesus said in John 8, 36. He says, so if the son sets you free, listen, you're no longer a slave to sin. If you say yes to Christ and you still sin, you're not a slave to it. You're going to fall. In fact, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're always going to end up falling short in our, stri- in our striving to, to be more like Christ. We're going to fall short. doesn't mean that we stop striving. It doesn't mean that we stop pushing. We still keep pushing for freedom, but we might fall short. But here's the thing. The thing is that Jesus says that if he sets you free, you are really free. That's what one translation says. You are free indeed. And that's our theme scripture. And our heart and Pastor Don's heart is, is that by the end of this series, at the end of this month, that you would have this, this scripture so embedded in your heart that no matter what the enemy throws your way, you can say, no, I am, I am free. The Holy Spirit, God, Jesus has set me free. And if he set me free, I'm really free. Not going to allow you to bind me up again because I've been set free by the son. And if the son has set you free, if the son has set me free, you are really free. Can you say this with me? I am free. Sometimes you've got to remind yourself of that. Sometimes you have to constantly tell yourself, I am free. And it's not just about being free, but where are you free? Today, we're going to talk about being free in our hearts, because I believe that's where it starts. If you're going to really see and experience the freedom that Christ wants you to, to, to see and experience in your life, you've got to be free in your heart. Can you say that with me? I'm free in my heart. All throughout this message, we're going to be saying that, and I hope and pray that by the end of this, you're going to really believe that you are free in your heart. I was reading this, uh, and some of you probably have seen this before. There's this study, I believe, and I, actually, I don't even know if it was real or not, but I read it on Google, and if it's on Google, it's real. It's got to be. <laughs> and it's talking about this elephant as a baby, and they chain. You ever, you ever heard that before? They chain the leg of the elephant as a baby, and it can only go so far. And then it gets to a certain age and they remove the chain, but the elephant doesn't go beyond where it's been because it still thinks in its mind, it still thinks in its heart that it's bound. Even though it's free, it still feels and believes that it's still in chains. And that's some of us. We've been bound for so long that when the sun sets us free, we still live as though we're still in bondage. Even though we're completely free, we still live as though we're stuck, we're trapped by those chains. We're still in bondage. What's the answer? The answer is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only comes where he's invited. That's why I love that song that we wrote here, that we invite you in. We have to let ourselves know. And also let the Holy Spirit know you are welcome here. You're welcome in my marriage. You are welcome in my home. You are welcome in my mind. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my decision-making process. I invite you into every relationship. Holy Spirit, I invite you in. And when you make room for the Holy Spirit in your heart, that's when you find true freedom. 
When you carve out a space and you make room for the Holy Spirit, you can begin to experience true freedom. He only comes where he's invited. And you invite the Holy Spirit in. That's when you see freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says it this way. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, that's where we find freedom. Wherever he's invited, freedom comes along with it. If you want to experience freedom, invite the Holy Spirit in. Because where he is, that's where freedom is. Say, I am free in my heart. The more you confess that, the more you're going to believe it. We don't get freedom in our hearts if we don't get freedom in our hearts. And when we don't get freedom in our hearts, we end up going back to things that God set us free from. We end up falling back into old habits. We end up falling back into to, to, to old relationships and things that God set us free from if we don't find freedom, true freedom in our hearts. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14. It says, the backslider in what? Heart. Not just being a backslider, but a backslider in your heart. Now see, a lot of us go back to some things that we've been free from. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a backslider. It just means that you fail again. But see, this is talking about a state of your heart. Now, you can fall into something and it not be in your heart. Like even Paul again said, the thing that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Because that's not what my heart is, but I just find I'm a little weak in this area. So I fall again. But I love this, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm actually talking about this scripture next week. Come back next week too because I'm going to preach again. <laughs> but Paul says, now I'm in a place where I begin to boast about my weaknesses. I begin to boast about the fact that I struggle through some things because I know that it's not me that gets me through it. It's God's strength being perfected in me. So I'm okay with my weaknesses because that's when I realize that God's strength is made perfect. I don't want to try to do this thing by myself. I fail every time. I fail every time. And it doesn't matter because you got pastor in front of your name or you got a microphone and it's a real good microphone too. <laughs> if we all be transparent, we all got something. Don't think of me being on some pedestal or some stage. Listen, I struggle with some things too. And I know that there, we don't have anybody that will stand on this stage and say otherwise. I got to struggle too. I've got an, I need God's strength too. I need Jesus too. That's why I show up every single week. It's not because I can get a paycheck. It's because I need Jesus. That's why I keep running through these doors. That's why I stay in his face because I need him. I need Jesus. I posted something on Facebook the other day. And I said, I don't, I don't care about my struggles, and I'm paraphrasing it now. I don't really care or worry about my struggles anymore because I realize that it's the thing that keeps me at the feet of Jesus. It's the thing that keeps me at the cross, at the foot of the cross. And somebody responded, a good friend of mine, he responded, and he said, 
I think Christians need to stop trying to hide in the shadow of the cross. And I know what he was meaning. Stop trying to hide in the shadow of the cross and know that we are in the ascension. We are seated with God in heavenly places. And I say, you are absolutely correct. But watch this. The cross reminds me of where I've been. I never want to forget where I came from because where I came from keeps me humble. It reminds me that Jesus saved me from something. And at any point in time, I could fall back into that thing again. So I never want to, I'm always going to hide in the shadow of the cross, but I also remember that I am seated in heavenly places. So my focus is on the ascension, but I'm never going to forget what the cross saved me from, what Jesus saved me from. So you can do both and. I'm not hiding in the, under the cross where actually I am hiding under the cross, but I know where I am. I know where I'm seated. I'm seated in heavenly places. We've been failing and breaking habits in our life and breaking addictions because we've been trying to change our actions rather than focusing on changing our heart. You can try to change your actions, but you're going to fall again. Stop focusing on trying to change your actions and focus on allowing God to change your heart. Because if you change your heart, your actions will follow. If you allow God to change your heart, your actions will follow. We have this tendency to think that when we get saved, that we won't do those things anymore. But again, it's not that, it's not that I don't do them. See, the difference is I don't want to do them anymore. Now, I may still do it, but there's something that happened inside of my heart that I don't want to do it anymore. Now, I remember being in a place when I didn't have Jesus, when I wanted to do some of them things. But when I came to Jesus and I allowed him to come into my heart and I allowed him to change my heart, now I don't want to do those things anymore. I might fall and I might do it, but I don't want to. Paul talked about that in Corinthians. This is battle between what my spirit wants and what my flesh wants. That's the life of a Christian. That's the life of a believer. It's a constant battle of my spirit and my flesh. That old man's got to die daily. That old person that I used to be, he gets up with me every single day. And when I look in the mirror, he's looking back at me too. You don't just go away. It's a constant battle every single day. It's a constant fight. It's not against another person. The Bible says we don't wrestle against people. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness, powers. We wrestle against something that we can't use physical means to fight. That's why we got to stay on our knees. That's why we've got to stay on our face. That's why we got to stay in the presence of God. We change our heart by giving it to God and repenting to him. Now, here's what repentance looks like. When we repent from something, it means that we turn from it and turn to our father. See, David knew a little something about that. Now, David, if we all know David, David did some jacked up stuff in his life. I mean, jacked up. Like, I read through some, I was reading through some stuff, and I'm like, man, God, are you, this is the dude you chose? Like, really? Then I'm good. If you, if that, my little stuff, I'm good. But David realized that in order for me to change my actions, I've got to do something different. And this is when his prayer changed to the father in Psalm. He said, listen, God, I need you to create in me a clean heart. 
and renew in me a right spirit. And now we don't have to worry about this, but David said, and please God, don't take your presence. Don't take your spirit from me. God's presence and his spirit is not leaving us, but we do sometimes need to say, God, I need you to create in me a clean heart. That's something that we've got to pray every day. God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Say, I'm free in my heart. Your heart is important. And Jesus focused so much on the heart. When everybody else was focusing on actions, Jesus was focusing on the heart. When they were talking about the woman that committed adultery and they caught her in the act of it, Jesus was on the other side saying, well, if you look on somebody, you've already done it in your heart. You don't have to commit to action. If you look, if you've done it in your heart, you've already done it. You better repent and ask God for forgiveness. Proverbs 23, this is why the, the heart is so important. Let me go back. We need to find freedom in our hearts. Write this down. Or we will remain in bondage. If you don't find freedom in your heart, you will remain in bondage. When you pray that prayer, you ask God to create in you a clean heart and renew a right spirit within you. When God gives you, it's, it's this, this divine transfer. When you ask, when you give God your heart and he gives you his heart. When you give him your old heart and he gives you a new heart. The scripture says in, in, in Corinthians that let me not go to, let me not, if anyone is in Christ, there it is. Bible says that person is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. A new heart has been traded for the old heart. Proverbs 23 tells us this. Guard your heart above everything else. This is the most important thing or one of the most important things. You have to guard your heart. Why? Because it determines the course, the direction of your life. That's why Jesus focused so much on the heart. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your heart in marriage sometimes. I know I'm not the only one that... Now, I love my wife. My wife is beautiful and she's amazing. She's... That's my short rib. <laughs> See, if, if you know my wife, then you know why I said she's my short rib. <laughs> my wife about this tall. She's a little taller than that. 4'11". No, she said, give me my inch, five foot. <laughs> but I got to guard my heart sometimes. I got to guard my heart on my job. I've got to guard my heart in my relationships. I've got to guard my heart. You've got to guard your heart. Otherwise, you'll find yourself being critical. You'll find yourself being judgmental. You'll find yourself doing and saying things that you regret when you don't guard your heart. It says above all things, you have to guard your heart because it determines the course, the direction of your life. If you don't guard your heart, You'll be free, but still in bondage. And we find a, a group of people in the, book, in the Bible that know a little bit something about that. The Israelites, they were free, but still in bondage. They were free from Egypt. They had been in Egypt and in slavery for 
hundreds of years, begging and pleading and asking God to free them, to get them out of this bondage, to get them out of this slavery, and then God does it, and they're still in bondage. Look at this in Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 through 6. It says, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And this is, these were, the rabble was like non-Israelites. And again, the Israelites started wailing and they said, if only we had meat to eat. Watch this. We remember the fish we ate when we were in bondage. They're free. They're broken from chains. They're broken from slavery and somebody whipping them and telling them what to do and, and telling them when to wake up and telling them when to go to bed and telling them when to eat. They've got freedom, but they are looking at where they, what they used to have when they were in bondage. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. And also the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. When we don't receive freedom in our hearts, point number one, we begin to complain because it doesn't look, our freedom doesn't look like we thought. They were asking God for freedom and then he gets them out of there and now they're complaining about the freedom that they've got. They ask God to take them out of this struggle, take them out of this bondage. He gets them out of it and now they're complaining again. They were so focused on how things used to be and some of us are like that. There's nothing wrong with remembering where you came from, but you don't need to keep your mind there. You don't need to reminisce and rehearse things. Because like I said earlier, remembering where you came from, it keeps you humble. But you don't need to keep your mind there because if you keep your mind there, you start to be critical of where you are because you feel like it was better where you came from. You feel like you had it better when you were in slavery, when you were in bondage, you prayed for God to give you a new job. Then he gives you the new job and now you're complaining because you don't have the flexibility and the freedom that you had in the old job. Some of us have been there. You, 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 you pray for God to send you a good man. You've been single. And you see everybody else getting married and everybody else having love and everybody else going on dates and, and you praying, God, would you just send me a good one? And then he sends them to you and now you're complaining because he don't have the job that you would want him to have and he don't check all of the boxes that you then put on your list. Some of us been there? And I'm not just going to stop with the women, I'm going to come to the other side. Because you've been praying for God to send you a woman. God, I want, to send, I want you to send me a woman that serves me. I want you to send a woman that honors me. I want you to send a woman that does this and does that and all of these other things. And then God sends you the woman and now you're complaining because she don't got the figure like the other person that you were looking at on social media. Is that too real right there? That was just, that was, okay. Let me, let me break it back. praying and asking God to get you out of debt. And he leads you to get this additional source of income and now you're complaining. Now you're getting out of debt, but now you're complaining because you can't hang out like you used to hang out no more. 
and you're tired. But you asked God to get you out of debt and he sent you this and now you're complaining about it. See, we've all been there. And I'm sure I can come up with some other examples. And in fact, you probably think of some examples right now. You're like, God, I was actually complaining on my way here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I walked in here and complained. I wanted to get here early and get a, a seat and somebody is sitting in my seat. Now I'm complaining. <laughs> some of y'all probably complained because somebody took your seat. We complain because our freedom doesn't look like we thought it was supposed to look. We want freedom. We want God to free us. But we want to be in control of what our freedom looks like. We don't change our hearts. Number two, we end up missing the provision of God. As children of Israel are now in this wilderness, and they ask God to free them, and God freed them, and yet still he's providing for them right here in the middle of their disobedience, in the middle of their complaining. Even though they were complaining and ungrateful, God still provided for them. Even though they were complaining, like, we used to have fish, we used to have steak, we used to have all, they used to beat our tails, but we used to eat good. And now we got this, what is this? Because that's what manna is translated. What is it? I don't know what it is. You know what it is? No. God said, what is it? Now we got to eat this manna. Can we at least get some quail? And that's a whole another thing. We won't even talk about that. You end up missing the provision of God. And here's the amazing thing. No matter how ungrateful we are, God still provides for us. I'm sure we all got some kids that we feel like can be ungrateful sometimes. I said, woo. I ain't going to look at my son. He's sitting right here on the front row. <laughs> we got some kids that can be so ungrateful sometimes. But do we stop feeding them? Because they didn't say thank you. I don't expect my son to tell me thank you every time he eat a meal. It'd be great sometimes. I don't expect him to say thank you every time he flips, flips the light switch and the lights come on. Or every time he turns the knob and the water comes out. I don't expect him to say thank you every time. Now, I do expect him to act a little bit grateful. But even in the midst of me feeling sometimes that my son is ungrateful or my daughter may be ungrateful, and they're not. They're great kids. Even though I may feel like that sometimes, I don't stop providing for them. And right in the midst of them complaining in this wilderness, God still provided for them. And the thing is, God never intended for them to be there. He never intended for them to be stuck in this wilderness. If they had just followed God's plan, and remember Pastor Don talked about the picture and following God's plan. If they had just followed God's plan, it probably would have took them 10 or 11 days. Now they're stuck for 40 years. Because they didn't do it God's way. Listen, if you don't do things God's way, you're rushing into a relationship and you're not doing it God's way. You're taking a job when you know God said that, listen, every good thing is not a God thing. Let me say that again. Every good thing, everything that looks good, 
It's not necessarily a God thing. You've got to have the peace of God in your heart. We miss the provision of God when we don't get our hearts right. The children of Israel were free, but they put themselves back into bondage again. Galatians 5.1 says it this way. It says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and don't let yourselves, don't let yourselves, don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You don't got to worry about somebody else putting a yoke or bondage back on you. You'll put it on yourself. If you don't fix your heart or you don't allow God to change your heart, you'll put yourself back in bondage again. God has set you free, but you'll put yourself right back into those chains again. When you don't change your heart, number three, you cause delay in your promise. You'll cause delay in your promise. The children of Israel, if they just did it God's way, 11 days and they would have been in the promised land eating milk and honey. Eating them big old grapes that they found. They would have been having some, 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 some real good stuff. Food. The charcuterie boards. Is that how you say it? Char- <laughs> Cheese. and I don't know how to say it, but it looks good. It is, all of the meats and the cheeses and the Fruit baskets, they don't have all of that stuff. And now you're eating something that you don't even know what it is. To me, it's like uh, cream of wheat. <laughs> I love grits, but I don't like cream of wheat. Like that, that's, the, that's like Android and iPhone. Like, really? <laughs> You'll cause a delay in your promise. If you don't fix your heart and get your heart right. Say, I'm free in my heart. Proverbs 4.23 again says, guard your heart above everything else. If you don't guard your heart, you'll go directions that God never intended for you to go. You'll walk into relationships that God never intended for you to be in. Now, if you walk into, walked into a relationship that God didn't intend for you to be in, I'm not saying that you need to walk out of it. Don't, don't say that I said that. I ain't tell you to do that. Here's what I know about God. I don't trust to make the right decision all the time, but I trust God to help me fix it when I don't. Because I know I'm going to mess up. I know I'm going to say yes to some things that I should have said no to. But here's the thing that I know. I know if I keep my heart right, God will help me fix those things when I step in in a place that he didn't tell me to step He'll give me back over here because the children of Israel, they ended up getting there. A whole generation had to pass, but they ended up getting there. You'll get to your promise, but if you don't fix your heart, you'll cause a delay in it. Say, I'm free in my heart. If you want to experience true freedom, you've got to find it first in your heart. Last thing I'll say. Write this down. I'm free from the chains of my past and free to walk into the blessing of my future. Because you got to know what you're free to. You already know what you're being free from. 
I'm free from my past. But what is it that I'm free to? I'm free to walk into the blessing of my future. There's a promise that God has for you. How quickly you get to that promise, not necessarily based on God. It's based on you. Can you have your heart right? Can you get your heart right? Can you give your heart to God? Even when things don't look like you would want them to look, whether it's here, whether it's at your job. Listen, things may not go well at your job like you want it to be. Like if you were in leadership, we all would do something different. We all would do something different. If you were the pastor of this church, you'd do something different. We all would do something different. If you were the boss at your job, you would do something different. Because everybody's a different leader. Whatever position you're in, keep your heart right. Guard your heart above everything else because your relationship is going to flow from your heart. How you treat people, that's going to flow from your heart. Forgiveness takes place in your heart. If you guard your heart, you'll see a lot of things change in your life. You'll see and experience the true freedom that God wants you to experience. Say, I'm free in my heart. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.